Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Lightly Salted Podcast. Today's episode is a really special one for us because we're bringing on our moms to have a conversation all about motherhood. Nikki and I both feel so grateful to still have our moms with us in life. I know that we talk a lot about gratitude on this podcast, but truly, I wake up every day and I feel grateful to still have my mom here. She's one of the biggest role models in my life, and I know that Nikki feels the same way about her mom. A lot of my inspiration and motivation comes from my mom. I think just always watching her push on in life, even when it was tough or scary, she really remained fearless and strong. So I'm so grateful for her and everything that she has taught me. I'm really glad we get to have this conversation with both of our moms and hear from them about how they navigated motherhood in their own ways. Whether you're a mom or not, I hope that this conversation is inspiring and comforting. Before we get into it, I do want to tell you about today's sponsors. BetterHelp offers convenient, affordable therapy online. Therapy gives you the tools to manage life's varied challenges and live a more fulfilled life. We know that life is stressful, and having someone that you can talk to to get things out really does help just alleviate some anxiety and overall helps you live a little lighter. So if you want to try therapy, head over to betterhelp.com forward slash lightly salted or click on the link in the show notes. Clicking on the link helps to support our show, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Yoloha Yoga. I'm obsessed with the comfort and style of Yoloha's cork yoga mats. They're completely natural and free of any harsh chemicals, making it a sustainable choice for you, but also the earth. Yoloha also sells sustainable apparel, mat sprays, and props to assist you in your yoga practice. So if you want to support the show, head over to their website to check out all of their beautifully crafted items at yolohayoga.com forward slash the lightly salted podcast or click on the link in the show notes. All right, let's dive into this incredible conversation with our beautiful mothers. Every day I wake up with the intention to live life like my mom. She is my greatest role model, and I really feel uh, so thankful, and I hope that I can lead my life being half the woman that she is, and as I enter this next stage into motherhood for the first time. I just hope that I can do it as gracefully as she has and use all of the lessons that she's taught me and navigate motherhood in that way. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of context with my family background and then I'll let Alyssa kind of dive into hers. We are very, very similar but opposite at the same time. Um, I am the oldest of four. Um, I have three younger siblings. My youngest brother and I have a nine-year age gap. So I have two younger sisters and then my youngest brother. And then Alyssa is exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. She's the youngest of four. Um, And I'll let her kind of dive in and talk about her. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. It's um, 10 years between my oldest sibling and me. And then I'm the youngest girl. And I have three older brothers. So the exact opposite of what you guys have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to dive in and just talk about how there are so many different 
definitions for motherhood. Some say it's unconditional love. Some say it's guiding your children to be successful adults. So I want to know as mothers, what does motherhood mean to you? We'll start with you, mom. Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Motherhood. What does it mean to me? Um, Motherhood is everything to me. It's probably my greatest love, my greatest accomplishment. It's what defines me. It's what I know in life. I truly don't remember very much of my life, like who I was as a person before becoming a mom. So when I think of what does it mean, I think it's everything. Yeah. What do you think is the thing that you've learned the most about yourself through motherhood? I think always want to protect your children, even when they're adults. Um, Probably my greatest pain in life would be if something happens to my kids. So, and I know there's a point as a mom where they have to live their own lives and they make their own choices and they do the things that they have to do in life. But gosh, we never stop worrying. I mean, I, I worry about my kids all the time. I think it's when I have three still living at home, it's easier to worry about them when I see them because they're there every day. So I know a part of that will get easier as they all get on their ways and um, are in their own homes and things. Do you want to say what motherhood means I, to you? I agree with what Shelly has said. It, it truly is the biggest blessing and the best role in my life. And I think in addition to what Shelly said about protecting everything, I think it's um, it's putting someone else's needs ahead of yours. I mean, your children are your number one concern. And it's such a joy to see them succeed and be confident and um, know that you had a big part in that. But I, I just think a mother's natural, you're nurturing and you're protecting and your life just becomes your children for so many years. And even now when my kids are all out of the house and I have the empty nest, I still every day think about them, pray about them, pray that everything goes well in their lives. So mm-hmm. it's a very... Um, satisfying role yeah but it's also very challenging and just just the whole thing of knowing that um, you are responsible for all those lives and helping them and being there and loving them Mm -hmm. but it definitely is unconditional love yeah I feel like I felt that for from you always was that you always were looking out for all of us you always wanted to know we were safe and I feel like you built relationships with all of us that made us feel so loved and protected and we knew we could come to you with anything didn't matter what it was okay so something that and i'm going to kind of circle back but something that we always ask our guests when they come on the podcast is what is one thing that you are feeling grateful for today this week or in this season and sharon i'm going to start with you (laughs) (laughs) well um probably one of the number one things i'm grateful for every day is that i have health I'm a very healthy person, and at 65, I don't take any medicines every day. I I feel like I've been blessed with health, and all my children are healthy, mm-hmm. and not everybody has that. Um, so it's something I'm very thankful for. Yeah. I feel like you have looked younger since we've all moved out, I swear. <laughs> I swear. Every time I see you, I'm like, wow, you look so youthful. And I think it's because we're not there stressing you out all the time. <laughs> 
Mom, how about you? I think I'm thankful today because I still have my parents, my mom and my dad. I have all of my family still in the same area. Like I said, three at home and then Nikki and uh, Keegan and, and the area too. So I'm thankful just every day for my family. That's awesome. I do feel like that's kind of a rare one too. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you think about kids going off to college and a lot of times it's out of state and then they meet a spouse out of state and Mm -hmm. it can end up kind of pulling, not pulling families apart, but just making that distance a little bit further. So that's a nice thing. With your family, everyone is still all in the same area too, right? Yep. Another thing I want to add to that is I am thankful for the relationships I have with all of my children mm-hmm. because there, you know, I know of situations where there's not that kind of relationship mm-hmm. and, and the fact that we are still very close yeah. and yeah. that isn't, um, you know, broken or that, that as Lisa said, they dare to come to me with any problems and, and that means a lot to me. Yeah. I think something that's really cool too, and, and I don't want to say necessarily that it's unique, but I remember when I was going through like getting married and all of that, I felt so blessed to have such a good relationship with not only my parents, but my Mm in-laws. And then also having Keegan have that same relationship with his in-laws and parents too. It doesn't come that easy for people. And so it, Mm -hmm. it does feel like a blessing to be able to have two families and really have two families that are close like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was something that Mark and I always say, too, is it's really nice that I got to marry into this family and have such good relationships with all of you that are so important to me and mean so much to me. And the same thing for Mark. You know, he has my brothers, who he's been friends with for years, and my mom, who he's known for a really long time. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And you don't always get those relationships, like you said, with your in-laws either. And I mean, even in your family, your own family, you don't always have that, those close relationships. I mean, I'm really grateful that I'm as close with each of my siblings as I am. You know, you never know what can happen in life. And I'm glad that we've maintained those relationships even as adults and we've stayed close. Alyssa, kind of going off of that, do you have um, any siblings that you're, I don't want to say that you're opposite of, but that you don't always like see Mm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then any that you're, like, really similar to, because I feel like I've got Yeah, Yeah, that's an interesting question. I I definitely notice that with my siblings. I think there's parts of myself that I see in all of my siblings, and I've also, just being the youngest, I've gotten to learn so much from my siblings. So if they make a mistake, I'm often able to be like, okay, I would respond maybe this way in a situation like that. So um, I think that's something that I love about having siblings is you get to learn from them and see them go through experiences before you might go through experiences yourself. Um, And then my family's very outspoken. And so we all have our own like opinions and we're all very um, like we like to defend our opinions. (laughs) And um But I think one thing that we all have that's really important is I respect my siblings. So I am glad that they have a different opinion and belief and they live life differently than me sometimes because 
that's what makes the world go round. So it's exciting to be recording this episode while I'm pregnant because I'm obviously going to be experiencing motherhood very soon. Flipping it back to our moms. um, Mom, what is one of your favorite things about being a mother? Now or when I was a new mom? What what are you thinking? I guess both. I'm (laughs) curious to hear both. Start with when you were a new mom. So when I was a new mom... um, I think I was amazed. Like I was just, ah, I don't, I don't even know what the right exact word was, but you almost can't believe that baby's yours. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, like, and then it was a little bit of shock. Like, I can't believe that they're going to just let me take care of. Yeah. This, I keep thinking this about fragile, that. precious <laughs> little baby that I know nothing about. I think that's gonna hit me when I'm leaving yes, the hospital. Like, and the tears, they're just and yeah, the fears, <laughs> and the, <laughs> yeah, and and you know, it's it's like a natural thing, and you don't realize that you have that in you mm-hmm. until you have that baby. And then all of a sudden, it all clicks. It clicks. It's it's crazy. It's like God has given us this gift to be a mom. Mm-hmm. You know, to nurture to protect, to raise, to do all that. And you don't even know you have it in you. You know you do. You don't know what that means yet, right? right? Because right. you haven't yet experienced it. So you take that little bit that you understand right now from watching it and then realize that when you hold that baby, it's you. Mm-hmm. Well, you and you and your husband, you and Keegan. I yeah. mean, you are going to you are going to do amazing things. And you're capable of all of it. You're going to teach. You're going to protect. You're going <laughs> to hold love. their hands. You're going to never let them go. You're going to, you will grow them up to be amazing people like you all are. <laughs> but I don't know, just the craziest concept to think that there's going to be another person learning to be a person by watching me be a person. Mm, yes, so just, yes. It yeah. does. And it, it makes you, it'll make you evaluate everything you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably yeah, you'll be a little crazy at times. You're like, "All right, probably need to back off." Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see her do something that I've done, and I'm just like, "Oh, Uh-oh. My I don't know where she got that from." Right, right. Oh. It's nice that we get to record this episode like in this season of life because my mom has been a mom for thirty. Six years, is that right? 37 years? Yeah, close to 37. And you've been a mom for 30 years, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So what has been your favorite thing as your kids get older and having these relationships now with your kids as adults, what's your favorite part of that stage of motherhood? Well, I think as little kids, like Shelly said, just the amazingness of having been given this gift and to know that you can watch them grow and help them grow into really incredible human beings. Um, I think the what I loved about the early ages is just all of the milestones and all of the changes and it's like every day can be different and as the years go by they grow so fast. Just seeing them at all the different stages. Um, I think The biggest thing I really enjoyed is creating memories with them because um, especially when I look back in photos and things like that, just so many things come back to me. But but it does go really fast. And here, 36, 37 years later, 
yeah. all of a sudden it's a totally different picture. But I think, you know, there's going to be ups and downs, but just knowing that you're always there for them, that you can love them unconditionally in spite of what they are going through or what stage they're in. Um, you know, you may not agree with everything that they're doing or saying at that time, but yet that love is never broken. Mother's love is just so great. I mean, you've never experienced anything like it, and I can't wait till you both have children of your own so that you can experience that. Yeah. Because it is just a special kind of love. I'm super excited for you guys to experience your kids having kids, mm-hmm. too, because I'm sure that that's yes. a whole wild like revelation and... And to be able to see the things that you've taught us mm-hmm. transpire to what we teach ours. Like it just. Yep. My yep. grandchildren, um, the early um, years, they were in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But Alyssa and I both went down on a regular basis to be with them and to see them grow and things. Now they go back to Grand Rapids, so it is nice. They're all in this area. But it is true. And again, uh, there are things they may raise their children different than I did, mm-hmm. but. It's just that respect and that um, being there for them. Sharon, going off of that, what do you think is, like, how have you navigated that? Like, kind of allowing your kids to parent and trust their parents. <laughs> 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 yeah. Listen, I talk about that sometimes, but I think it really goes back to having a close relationship so that you can say things to them in a non-judgmental way. Mm-hmm. And I have done that with my son. I pulled him aside and I said, you know, I totally respect this, but this is what I'm seeing and this is how I feel your kids may be responding to this. And he always says, thank you for telling me, Mom. I really appreciate that. And sometimes has even made some changes because of what mm-hmm. I said. But I certainly would never overstep my position as a grandma and say, your kids have to do this and this and this the way I raised my kids. Because that's not my place. But sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. I will admit it's very hard because everybody's values are different. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's something that you do, but yet you keep in mind that they are the children's parents now. You know, that even goes to something so simple as my grandkids were pretty much raised without um, a lot of sweets. And, of course, I have a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. And when they would come over, it's very easy to just let them go in the pantry and get what they want. But I realized early on, my son and his wife did not want their kids having sugar. And I had to then back off and make sure some things were hidden, but then ask permission before allowing them to. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. To that does. And uh, I don't think a lot of grandmas do that just because, oh, grandma can spoil them. Yeah. But yeah. you got to keep that respect in mind for your your yeah. children and yeah if they, if they do have certain priorities or certain things that are different yeah I would agree with that I think that um with my mom and dad they wanted to be involved and we were up north for many of those years so they didn't have that daily contact all the time which I know was hard for them mm-hmm. but I think that they very much gave really good advice probably at the right times mm-hmm. when they could um, or they saw something that they, you know, wanted to, to talk about. But then at the same time, they, they very much, um, my mom and specifically mom would, you know, kind of back away and say, oh no, you, you spend time with your family, you know, or just, it was almost, I felt sometimes a push to let them know that, no, we want to spend time with you and, you know, kind of trying to 
make that happen versus them really trying to give us the space that they felt that we needed where we really wanted to include them in, in as much as we could. So, and that's probably more when we moved back down, down here when kid was just a little baby. So how do you think that you kind of like navigated that, like making them feel included or making them feel like they weren't pressing? Cause I feel like even grandpa now, a lot of times, like, kind of just stays more, yeah, like, hands-off. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's came down to just making it happen. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, you, you have to invite. I yeah. think you have to invite because they're not going to want to impose, right? Yeah. Right. So you have to make... Just make the conscious make the, effort. Make the, make the time happen. Yeah. Right? I think that that's probably true when we had kids and then now true as they're older too so yeah what do you think has been um one of the biggest challenges in motherhood um that's a hard one nikki there's a lot (laughs) there are a lot keeping them safe but not being overly protected yeah because I think sometimes overly protected can be bad too. Yeah. But still being able to keep them safe. And then for me, it's a little different than Shelly because I worked full time and I was a single mom. So for me, balancing that work life was the biggest challenge I faced. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, the one about what did you say first with um, wanting to protect them but not being keeping them safe. Yes. Yes. The balance that you had with that, I don't know, maybe it went a little heavy on like the, the not being overprotective, <laughs> but it was really good for all of us. I think I, I think you to become more independent. Yeah. We really just got to learn so much about ourselves from whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like we got to just try so much. We were very independent kids and I think it just helped us a lot in life. I think making sure you're not critical because I think that is one thing that I try to really um, always be positive and help build your self-esteem. Yeah. Then, um, Maybe that was more so what I'm thinking yeah. right now is like we always had like the safe space to like try whatever we wanted to do in life and I feel like you didn't you never like criticized us and you always built us up and made us feel like we could do whatever right you know so if you did fail at something to try and take a lesson out of that yeah okay what did you learn from that even though it didn't have the outcome that maybe you wanted um what could you have done better but then again what did you learn from that because we all learn from our failures you know I think that is one thing that I saw as a challenge and yet tried to steer you in the yeah right right yeah i would agree with that i think probably going off the difference between you as a mom and then raising your kids like you said the the balance with the career and then you as a single mom mine would be same number of kids Mm -hmm. husband we have you know two parent household but at the same time, when when you're a single parent, you direct everything with your kids. You, you know, you're you're it. You're the sounding board. You're you're the one that manages. You're the one that helps keep decisions and everything moving in the right direction. And when you have a two parent household, I think it's probably the challenging part with that is 
I might see things differently on how I want to raise my kids or some of the um, guidance I might give or decisions I make or if I'm, you know, somebody's going to get in trouble for something. <laughs> what is that? You know, what are we what are we doing so that doesn't happen again where, you know, your dad might be more, more direct mm -hmm. and might want to take something away quicker or ground you quicker or, yeah. you know, where. So I, I think that probably is kind of that cadence. Like we had to figure out in life, like how we saw things and how we, you know, how we were going to react and how we were going to manage the kids. So that maybe is a, a little bit of a difference that's there too so and especially when kids are little if they were getting mixed messages with what's allowed with dad and what's allowed yes mixed and messages I know when my kids were little they did get that because we did parent very differently mm -hmm. so in a way that may have been easier once i did become single um because Alyssa was only what five mm -hmm. at the time so in a way that's easier but again that's something to navigate with keegan and you know yeah. to make sure that you're on the same page with your parenting styles how do you think that you guys have gone about navigating that, just having like really clear communication? Well, and I think I think that we've matured over time. I would probably say that we do it um, a lot better now than we did when we were um, younger. And I would probably say, I don't know that it was terribly difficult when the kids were younger i think those teenage years oh my gosh teenagers will put you as a parent in a position that you never ever thought you would be in <laughs> you, oh my gosh what advice if we have any listeners who have teenagers right now what advice do you have for those those parents oh those gosh, moms just hang, on. <laughs> just hang in there <laughs> Spend a lot of time praying ahead your own. <laughs> yeah, they're wild. Those and, are and tough years. They're aren't tough they? years, and each of my four kids were different. Yeah. So each mm -hmm. one of them handled them differently. So you're always having to adapt. If yeah. you do it out of that love and you know concern, care for them, it works. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, some amazing things happen those teenage years. You're like, oh, I love what I'm seeing. I love what I'm hearing. And then it. Sometimes you're like. Oh no! <laughs> so true. Yikes! What do we do with that? <laughs> oh man! I mean, I know. What is something that you learned from your own mom about being a mom? Well, I I came from a, a large family. My mom, we had um, eleven children. My mom had eleven children, and um, so she was able to do a lot of multitasking, which I did learn from her. You know, shuffling my career and my family, I had to do that. But I think the number one thing that I learned from her was um, to see the glasses half full. She was a very positive and kind person. And even years when she later, when she was in the nursing home, I remember the nurses always saying to me, what a sweet, kind, um, positive person she was. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what, she sat there all day, but yet she never complained. And I think to be able to see the best in people is something that I got from my mom and I try to do to this day. I love that. Yeah, I love that too. Mm -hmm. I honestly didn't know that that was something that you learned from your mom. That's exactly what I learned from you, especially seeing the glass half full and seeing the best in people. Like I definitely picked that up from you. 
And then, like you said, your mom didn't complain even when she was in the nursing home. Like, there are times that you could have complained about so much, but you never did. I remember those mornings before school, you would get us up and get us ready for school, make us these big breakfasts, go to work, manage people all day, and then come home. That was a lot on your plate, and you did it every day without complaining, and I vividly remember watching you get ready for work, and like it's hard to put into words, but I think just your mindset, like your positive, optimistic mindset about work and all of that was the greatest thing you could have shown me as a kid because I think the reason I look forward to going to work every day is because I watched you look forward to going to work every day. Somehow I, you know, picked that up from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom, I kind of want to ask you that same question. What is one thing that you, or your greatest lesson that you picked up from your mom? So I think from my mom, um, my mom is always telling me, even as a 50-year-old woman, that I was the most beautiful baby, I'm the most beautiful daughter, and she says the same about Bob. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think that that's probably one thing is just that, just to know that she's so proud and she just loves her kids that much that Mm -hmm. hopefully you see that, that I say the same about Because I do. I think I'm so lucky to have the three daughters that I have and the son. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just want to make sure that you guys hear that all the time. So like you said, the criticism piece, not trying to be critical. So even, you know, none of that takes any forefront at all. It's always, I'm just really lucky to have such wonderful kids. So yeah, Um, it definitely is something that I uh, feel like I've picked up from you too, just like the the words of affirmation, I guess. Um, and knowing I see that even with your mom too. Like she'll say something like, "You're the most beautiful pregnant person," and make me feel all great. And then she's like, "Well, actually, just kidding. That was your mom." <laughs> In a good way, but she's always always goes back to to that, and you can you can feel her love for. You and Bob, I think it still brings her to tears at it multiple does. points in conversation when Every, she starts talking about you guys. You can tell that there's so much. She's just so proud. Yes. I think that that's yep. just so proud to see how you guys have grown and how you've raised your kids and watch you take on all these different steps of life. You can tell that that she is really proud and that both of you are her greatest accomplishments. And I think you very much live your life that way too. I mean, from the very first question that we asked you today, about what motherhood means to you or defining that you did say that it is your greatest accomplishment, your biggest role in life and your biggest success. And I think your mom very much carries that same, that same exact mentality. Yeah. And you're right. She does cry about it every time. Yeah. (laughs) And she does. And she says, Oh, she said, and you just, you know, she's proud. So she's proud of us as kids, but she's even prouder of us as parents. So to know, I think that's the part that I probably can't wrap my head around yet because to see you mm-hmm. married mm-hmm. and then to see you with your yeah your family is going to be amazing. Yeah. Sorry. i got to wipe those tears out. <laughs> One question that I kind of have is, are there any memories that stick out on what we did 
as independent play or what maybe some of our favorite activities or interests were growing up? Like, did, did I have imaginary friends? Did I, like, what did I, I guess, from that creative standpoint or that independent standpoint, did you just, like, let us play? Like, I don't know if that question even makes sense. No, it does. But I think it's it's interesting because I feel when you have more than one, you played with your sisters and your brother mm-hmm. all the time. So you did have independent play, yeah. but a lot of the time was spent with, you know, in the house with the other kids. So mm-hmm. I think you guys were so creative. Um, I remember the games that you would play outside, the dress up, the, I think one of my f- funnest memories was you took bed sheets. You, Natalie, Grace, maybe Kid too. Kid was probably a little bit small, but took bed sheets and you ran outside with them wrapped around your neck like you were going to fly or (laughs) it was a windy day. And it was just like when you have that vision of kids of all different sizes with bed sheets wrapped around and they, who knows what the neighbors thought at that time, if you were even fully dressed or whatever, (laughs) but you know, running up and down the kind of the, the road. And it's, it's so you know. funny, the things that, that you remember as a kid too, because I remember doing that. And I, I think, I think we were hanging out with like Sam and Sydney, the neighbors across the street. Yep. And I remember tying bed sheets around our hands and our ankles too. And thinking that if we like jumped off the yes. trampoline, that we would actually like fly <laughs> 10 feet or whatever, like thinking that when you're small like that, you really think that you flew for minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably was just like a little jump. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's like a magic in being a little kid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So fun, right? Yeah. I think we were probably most entertained huh? in our lives during that time when the kids were, you entertained yes. us. We didn't need to do it. We could just stay at home and and just have a blast. So, yeah. What are some of your favorite memories? Did we already touch on this question? Okay, so what are some favorite memories? <laughs> oh, some of my favorite memories were vacations we took with you. We always would take, um, well, we did a lot of road trips down to Florida, South Carolina. Yeah. Um, some were warm every spring and sometimes winter break. So lots of memories on that. Um, I don't want to say the one when you were older <laughs> with Nick. The oldest did some unusual things. I don't me. remember that one. Oh, goodness. I don't want to cover that. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely can. <laughs> we can cut it out if we don't. If we decide later. I wanted a treehouse. And I believe Nick was probably about 16, so she was about six. So she actually went and listen, collected pop cans, and I don't remember how much. I did, yeah. A lot of money. She went door to door and asked for pop cans, and you told them you were going to build a treehouse. Pretty soon they had money yep. and bought some wood and things from probably Home Depot or somewhere, and they were envisioning this treehouse. And when they built it, it was really a cool treehouse. But the yeah. problem was, one day Nick was driving down Prairie Street, and he saw a telephone pole that had been there for weeks and weeks on the side of the road (laughs) so he and a bunch of his buddies decided that would be the ideal thing to sink in the ground and make the treehouse around so one night he took his little suv and some of his buddies and they went after dark and they loaded it up on top of the tree 
And they drove it all the way to our house, got into the backyard. We lived at the end of a cul-de-sac, rolled it off into the back. But the light shone in the neighbor's house, so they called the police. Mm-hmm. So I'm sound asleep, and all of a sudden, the police are there. <laughs> and so I go outside, and what's going on? Well, turns out that um, as we sit there and talk, and Alyssa's so cute, she's sitting on my lap and everything, the police did have um, a little sympathy for us, probably because <laughs> Alyssa was saying, well, this is going to be for my treehouse. And they called consumer <laughs> energy or somebody there because it actually could have been a felony because mm-hmm. of the value of that that thing and the fact that it was stolen. But they yeah. agreed that if Nick could get it back over where it was and return it, they wouldn't press charges or they wouldn't find anything. <laughs> they wouldn't get a felony. However, we had to get a flatbed truck to come there <laughs> that night, get it out there. I think it was $75. It was Granville towing, middle of the night. Um, and they brought it back and they returned it. But that was the type of thing that, in his mind, it was like, hey, that tree's been there. I've been staring at it for weeks. Wait, <laughs> nobody wants it, so we'll use it for the tree. Yeah. Needless oh to gosh, say, they yeah. bought a great big tall um, piece of wood mm-hmm. from Home Depot and moved that as the center post. And yep. that's a very cute tree. It was very cool. It was like very three cool. stories. There was a spiral staircase. Yeah. It had wow. windows. We like framed windows oh, in it. Super cute. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Oh my gosh. Some good memories. It is a great memory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A good life lesson. You know, like, oh, yeah. Like we learn, had a lot like, of those. It's <laughs> a lesson about property that you probably yes. wouldn't know. You know yep. Like, every piece of wood. Also, yes. Hey, what is this teenager thinking or not thinking? Yeah. Right. yeah. I can just see that, that vision of in the middle of the night, them all putting that big old post on top of the vehicle mm-hmm. and trying to... It's so funny. A spiral staircase <laughs> mm-hmm. in, the tree in the tree house. house. That creativity. I mean, how yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. We used to be very creative. We were always building things. I mean, I had brothers, so we were always building things. We had something that you made that uh, out of, I don't know, it had the foam, and then it was like a race thing. I don't remember. They I don't remember. And made it go and wheels and all that. So, yeah. Wow. Those were fun, creative things. That yeah. Kit. He probably <laughs> just was dressed up in dresses and there were there yeah right you guys did do a lot of that (laughs) that is so funny what advice would you give soon to be new moms that are listening and starting their motherhood journey like myself you are going to be an amazing mom you have it in you you will be it'll be the greatest years of your life so the advice would be don't get too stressed out exactly. about it because when you're stressed, your baby feels it yes. mm-hmm. and your house feels it if you have a husband or other kids. And yeah. yeah. My advice, advice was going to be to relax and enjoy it and know that you don't have to do things textbook style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Go with your heart, go with your gut. doesn't matter what the books say. doesn't matter what your friends say. If you feel you're doing the right thing for your baby, you are. And I think it's 100% true if you're stressed, the baby notices. Yeah. And feels that. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I was actually journaling about this yesterday, but I've been reading a couple books just to try to mentally prepare myself. Um, But there are so many different opinions out there. And when I was journaling yesterday, I was just 
very confident in the fact that I'm glad that I'm reading these books because I do think that it is helping me prepare myself, but I also know that I'm not going to do it the exact way that it's out there. And I feel like the way I'm going to do it is going to end up being the right way for Mm -hmm. us. And the advice is great. And it's nice to see how other people have navigated certain things, but there are just so many opinions out there. So I think that just being able to kind of trust yourself through it and know that you were literally made to do this as moms and as women it's quite miraculous I think that Mm -hmm. we are made to birth I don't know I just think that it's a very very exciting exciting journey and I was very much feeling at peace with the fact that even though there are so many differing opinions and advice out there that you can take them with a grain of salt take pieces that you like try different approaches and still know that the way that you do it is going to be <laughs> the best way that you can. <laughs> yes. When I think that maybe the difference nowadays versus when we were raising our kids too is that I don't know that we were so bombarded with all of the information out there because we didn't have, we had a phone to pick up. Yep, on the wall. On the wall. Until, you know, I mean, like, and and so we had to have those one-on-one conversations Mm -hmm. with other parents or or friends or our parents, you know, wherever Mm -hmm. we might get the advice from. And now um, you can pick up your phone and you can look up anything that you would want to, which can be a blessing, but at the same time, you could really get lost in somebody else's views on on something too so like the identity piece yeah like that's i saw somebody post something on facebook the other day and it was about like her kid biting another kid at daycare and going through kind of like a biting phase and she was just asking like what have you guys done that's worked to if you've navigated something similar and the amount of different opinions Mm -hmm. and it yeah. can be like overwhelming oh almost like think about exactly. just the time it takes to research read, something. read read mm-hmm. through all that and then try to right try to think about what you feel about mm-hmm. it so it's so great because you know yeah you want all that right there and and things move so quickly now and sometimes you know you really need you need some kind of answer right. fast right yeah so that's a great thing because maybe that helps mm-hmm. make a decision in a much quicker fashion than what you would have been able to do in the past. But um, yeah, it'll be, be a little bit careful with that too. So, mm-hmm. And like you said, um, we're made for being mothers. It's a natural mm-hmm. thing. So don't feel like, oh, I'm not doing it like so-and-so's doing. Yeah, It doesn't make you any less of a mother and any less of a good mother. It's just you may choose to do it differently. But mm-hmm. um, I think the number one thing is to enjoy every minute because it changes so much. So and, fast. And if you're uptight and you're anxious about it or feeling like you're not being the perfect mother, you're not going to enjoy those years. I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And take the picture. Uh, yeah. I look back. I took uh, a billion pictures yeah. of all you guys, but I never took a lot with you. So make sure you're in yes. the pictures. Like, take the pictures, but make sure you're in the way. pictures. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's yes. good advice. That what, good advice. Whatever you look like, whatever you think you look like, however you feel that day, just mm-hmm. make sure that you get... That I'm in there. We'll take the same amount of pictures for your first that you take. <laughs> yeah. And I know technology yeah. changes, so, but... And print them. Like, nowadays, everything's... Digital. You know, like, just... 
get the prints, get some prints made so you have, you know, that they're just not stuck on a phone that nobody gets to see. So I do think with Alyssa being the only girl, I did take more pictures of her. But my third son, I don't have any of the pictures I do with her. So I try to not lose that passion. I kind of want to ask you how raising daughters differed from raising sons. So I'm going to start with the mom daughters, and your experience okay. with raising daughters and how that's differed from raising kid, obviously. Yeah, so I definitely think I would say, I, I often hear people say that boys are easier than girls, but at the same time that my first three were girls, so that's kind of what I know, what I felt probably most comfortable with. And then I had my son and, and easy baby, very easy. I mean, maybe because he was the fourth, but at the same time, so much different than the girls. So just a different connection, different interest, you know, all of that is just um, not the same as the girls. And I think he picked up some very wonderful things from having three sisters. I think, you know, he's a pretty aware of, like with his girlfriend, you know, he's a good boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I, I think he's sensitive because he does have, you know, three three sisters that are there. And he values his relationship with you guys so much. Mm -hmm. So you know that he always feels protected by you and valued by you and respected by you guys. But, um, yeah, just different. It's uh, I, I would say that Tom probably being a guy has a very unique relationship with kid and I think I try to be more of a mothering <laughs> kind of you know it's just different a little different I, I agree with that but I think um, I don't know if I would say one was necessarily easier than the other different yes I think the boys were a little bit more busy outgoing um, noisy chaotic maybe Fearless is a good word for them because they didn't always think. And maybe Alyssa's personality had a lot to do with that too, but she was a little bit more cautious, you know, still wanted to have adventures and have fun, but she thought through things before jumping in and doing something like the telephone pole. Um, <laughs> whereas um, with her, she was a little bit more that way. I think she was also, she's much more organized and that type of thing. But as far as like babies, they were all, I was blessed with very good babies. And part of that, I do believe, was the fact that I was pretty relaxed as a mother and I enjoyed that baby time and didn't feel myself uptight a lot. And so that I think helped, but I, I was blessed with very good babies. So all of them were easy. Um, I think with having one daughter, the bond with us is Maybe closer, although I am close to all of my sons as well. Mm -hmm. But I do think we just have that mother-daughter. It's mm -hmm. special and it's different. Yeah. Um, probably yeah. just like Tom has with Kid. Yeah. It's yeah. just Absolutely. there's something different about that. But I do think um, there's some differences. But at the same time, I can't say one was definitely easier than the other. Um, I kind of have a question going off of things that both of you had said. But, Mom, I think that you kind of... Um, had talked about um, interests being different with kid, um, where obviously just boys from girls, something, things that he was interested in that maybe we weren't growing up. Do you feel like there was, I guess, anything for you personally that you made a priority to keep 
your interests top of mind or do you feel like your interests kind of became what we were interested in? I guess I kind of think about that from like a sports standpoint. Like if if Evelyn is into ballet, even though I've never been into ballet, but I find that she takes an interest in that, I obviously would be interested and I think my hobbies will kind of end up flowing with what she's the most passionate about right. just because that's I want to be able to support her in that, I guess. Um, but was there anything that you kind of kept as your own interest so that you kept that identity? I don't know if that my um, questions today. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that was that makes sense. I understood where you were going with it. Um, so I think, like I said earlier, that I feel um, it's really hard to remember my interests, who I was, what I enjoyed doing prior to being a mom. It's the craziest thing. I used to think I used to be a good artist. I know I wasn't. Because I, I never were. No, no, you were because when I took an interest in middle school and high school in art and APR in all of those extracurricular art classes, I remember seeing you draw like an eyeball on a napkin and I was like, Oh my god, I'm so good at art. Like Napkin art, remember that? Seriously though, I mean maybe art looked different for you prior to kids. Yeah. Like, I don't no. know exactly what you did creatively. I, I would love, love to hear that. Yeah, so I don't know. I couldn't draw to save my life probably anymore, <laughs> but I did. I loved to draw. Loved to. I loved to write, and I thought I was a good writer. I mean, but a, a little bit of all of that is just like fragments, just tiny pieces of a like a kernel of this great big life that that we have now with our family. So I mean, all of those things just don't seem so important anymore um and maybe maybe at some point i will find a way back into something that i i feel i enjoy doing but mm -hmm. right now yeah it's not in the forefront so yeah and maybe who knows like maybe that is something that will look a little bit different with grandkids like i know even talking to heidi i'm sure that her creative as you know, Heidi's super, oh, super, creative. super creative, but yeah. I'm sure that being a grandma, she's going to be pulling a lot of that, those creative activities and crafts I love kind of that. more to the yes. forefront. And I can see you doing that too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with um, what Shelly said, as far as it's hard to think of your life before motherhood mm -hmm. because it's such a overwhelming, such an important part of your life. Yeah. I do know I used to, and I always all my life have loved to read. So at night when I would finally settle down, I often read. Um, so that was something I didn't give up because that was a passion of mine. And then the other thing is um, I love to travel. So I made sure that we did, you know, different types of trips, but family trips. And I'm happy to say that I think almost all of my kids, especially a couple of them, but really like to travel. So they have kind of, um, you know, learned that from me. But things like crafts, I used to do a lot of crafting and sewing and things when I was young. And... When the kids were little, I did do some of those, and actually my oldest son learned how to sew. He made crafts and, and Halloween costumes and things for his kids. But that was He is very that, creative, right. though. He's that wasn't something I wanted him to do. It yeah. was he wanted to learn, so I taught him. Him and Matt both are very artistic, very, artistic. very creative. Yeah, yeah. I fully embrace that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that's really cool that 
your kids kind of picked up your interest too like as much as you showed interest in what they were interested in they obviously were watching you and um wanted to take a learning on that too so i still wish i could draw my eye (laughs) (laughs) i think you have that creative mind too nikki I, i would think that you're if you wanted to draw that eye or if you wanted to put something together for your home or I mean you you I think are very creative so and then I think you write really well too so you do have a little bit of that creative yeah Mm -hmm. yeah for sure I think we learn I think our kids get involved in things and you let them do what they're interested in and then those become interest of ours Mm -hmm. and then I think some of um, your life revolves around that like let's say with sports if you're doing any kids you know travel sports then you end up seeing places that you never saw before you make friends with the other parents I mean that becomes um, a little bit that was a a part of our life obviously and same when you're raising kids and they're younger and and you're getting involved with um, even before school you know with some young moms in your neighborhood or different relationships with your family as you're having, you know, cousins that are having babies and that type of thing. So I think kids help create the lives that we live. So Mm -hmm. you each had four kids from at least from what I know about like our sibling, my siblings um, were also different. Mom, I feel like you've done such a good job of meeting us where we're at and loving us. Like, even though we're so different, you love us all the same. And so how do you feel like you've done that with just navigating for like raising four different, completely different people? I think just really that unconditional love is what it is. Um, you can't make your love conditional on how they are behaving or what they are doing or how many interests you share with that particular child because they're all unique and they all have their own personality. So I think really knowing and getting to know what is important to that person and what helps them, what they need, because some kids need a lot of affirmation. Um, I think it's important to give affirmation to all of them because I think that's part of the reason you all four have grown up very confident. But I do think some need it more than others. And my oldest was more of a touchy-feely kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, the hugs and the, that type of thing were very important to him. Um, another one was more the words. And I think just understanding your child and knowing that you just love them. And it's not even that you have to love them. You just naturally love them unconditionally. I think you can navigate that because you understand your child and you know what is important to them. And then you love them in that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think that, like we know, every every kid is different. So I think from when they're young, you see that in their play, you see that in how they interact, and then as they get older, you see that in how they communicate with you. Um, and I, I feel like I feel like that quiet time or that one-on-one time is really important. Um, so, and it doesn't really matter how you get that one-on-one time so it could be a car ride no music phones obviously weren't such a big thing back then but you know just having that one-on-one time and if you've got a a half hour drive somewhere there is no better way to connect with that person sitting right next to you and it doesn't matter how quickly it goes doesn't matter 
what kind of questions there are. I think that sometimes it's just having a little bit of space and some quiet time is okay. And if there's not a lot of communication happening, then you really want to just kind of ask some questions about, you know, even if you have to try to pull information out of them, you just know, to be there and be present, be present and yeah. let them know that you're interested in caring for them. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And sometimes if, if you have, I don't know if you're, your child or your teen or young adult, if you know, they're in their room and you haven't seen them for a while, knock on the door. It, it can't hurt anything, right? Check in. Right. What are you up to? How was your day? And I love sometimes just the group conversations. Like when you have, let's say, a, have everybody around the table for dinner or in the kitchen while you're cooking or um, people are coming in and out and you just see people, you know, put their backpacks down or kick off their shoes and, you know, there's conversations that happen, just listening to not only just that one-on-one time with you, but as they're talking and you're picking up on, you can learn so much just by what they say to each other too. So kind of going off of that. So I think both Alyssa and I have felt very safe in our relationships with you. And I Obviously, the relationships are different with each of our siblings and you as well. Like, you very much have those personal relationships with each of us. How do you think that you've gone about, like, creating that safe space or that open door for each of us? And what has that kind of looked like? So I think, and again, maybe the difference between a one-parent and two-parent relationship with your kids, too, is that, like, Sharon, you would be that that person with your with your kids where Nikki you might come to me for something or you might go to your dad for something that's very true even now you might come to something you know talk with me about something on a more personal level but yet you know um, you need some advice on a car or need some advice on something financial or things that you know your dad will direct you really quickly in the right way Mm -hmm. then you would you know, go, go to him for that. But I think also, and I think we talked about this before is I want you guys to always know that if you tell me something, it's, it's, I will protect it. I guess that's the right way to say it. You know, you went confidential. Yeah. You know, just making sure that you're heard, that you know, that you're not going to wish that you didn't tell me something because I'm going to go, share it with somebody else or if it's if it's private and it needs to stay right where it's at then it will mm-hmm. right i agree with that and the other thing to add is that i try not to be judgmental and even when i don't agree i listen yes and maybe say how i feel but not in a judgmental way and that's often difficult because especially if it's something sensitive or whatever, but you don't want to shut your child down mm-hmm. and then they won't come again. Right. It could be very important. So I think just trying to be there as a listening ear and not necessarily judge or tell them they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I should have done maybe a little more of that, but I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Alyssa? I think you did a really good job with it. I like can't speak for the boys, but I think for me, I always felt like I was heard and I yeah, kind of like that safe safe yeah. place. The mm-hmm. safe, you know, like I don't know, you 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 come to your mom for advice 
or your dad for advice and you want to know that it's the right person to talk to and that you'll be, like you said, heard and that you'll be listened to and that you will get some good advice, mm-hmm. but you may not hear, uh, you know, like, like yeah, I might not want that advice. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, that non-judgmental is like, I, yeah, I, I always want them to know you can tell me anything. It's not going to change. Like we said earlier, it's not going to change. I'm, I'm not going to love you any less, any different. I probably just love you harder (laughs) more if I, you know, if you're in a painful situation or whatever it is, I just, you, you, everybody needs that one person to talk to. And I would hope that would be a mom. When your kids are going through something challenging, a tough time, how do you handle that? Because I feel like as a parent, your initial reaction would just I don't know, like you just want, yeah, yeah, you go into like protective mode, like mama bear, yeah. You do, but you also feel that pain right with them. You feel that um, anxiety or that, and you do want to, but yet you have to hold back because that's not necessarily the best thing to do, but mama bear protection is is definitely Mm -hmm. a thing. Yeah, but I don't know if I have ever done that. I mean, you know what I mean, where I've just, um, but I think I have... Again, try to be that protector in a different way, just to help them understand. I think one of the things I remember most with my mom, and I just try to think about what I've done with my kids and with with my mom, I remember being, and again, teenage years, high school, I went through something, I'm sure, very horrific with my friends and something that happened that I don't even remember all the details now as an adult, but... Um, to the point where I was literally balled up and visually I can see it. I was in like a fetal position mm-hmm. on her bed in their bedroom crying because um, I was so upset. And there was nothing my mom could do to change the situation. There wasn't anything in that moment that she could give me advice on that I could hear or respond to because I was just so emotionally just a mess that the thing that I remember the most about her was her being there, you know, rubbing my back, telling me it was going to be okay. Um, Nothing that happened is going to change you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're okay, you're safe, you're, you know, you're strong, you're beautiful. Everything that she would say, those, those words of affirmation. And I felt very protected. And I felt like at the end of it, probably exhausted, but I felt like it was okay, you know, and she didn't really have to do much other than be there Mm -hmm. for me at that time. Mm -hmm. So, um, most important thing. Yeah. So listen and understand. And then, you know, at that point, I'm sure that it's really hard to even talk about some of those things that you're, that happened or, was it something I did, something they did? I'm, like I said, I don't remember all the de- details of it, but um, it definitely was with friendship. So I think when you're a teenager in high school and friendships, oh my gosh, those those kids, it's such a tough, mm-hmm. and you remember that, I'm sure, mm-hmm, when you yeah. guys were, were young too. You know, as a teenager, you think it's the worst thing ever. 
Yeah. But the life is so much bigger than that, no, that yeah. moment, right? Yeah. I can remember it, yeah. So as a mom, you can't say, ah, that don't worry about that. doesn't mean anything. You just, you know that at that point, you're like, it is the biggest that kid thing. is broken. Did you ever, I guess, in navigating some of those situations, and obviously that maybe wouldn't be something that was like confidential or that you had to like protect just you, but did you ever feel like you had to or wanted to, I guess, um, kind of like share that weight with dad, because I feel like in that situation, I probably would have turned to you more. I think personally in any of those kind of like relationship, uh, sort of things. So did you ever feel like carrying that weight was just something that you needed to share, I guess? Oh, you mean me as a, the, like just to like obviously I'd be venting to you. Did you oh. need to vent that out to dad? As like yeah, because I I feel like that'd be so hard to watch your kids go through. And obviously you were supportive and the sounding board, but did you ever felt like you needed to decompress? Well, I th I definitely think there are some things that some moments where there's decisions that have to be made, or there's something that we need to do to to help you with something or help one of our kids with something, then there's a definitely a conversation that happens. But if it's some things that, you know, the other person doesn't, I don't need to burden him with, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to do that either. You know, I think probably more in the times of those talking with, with dad about something would be where um, it's bigger than just me, bigger than just you. We, there's, you know, there's, there's something that needs to there's some follow-up that's needed. There's, you know, another conversation that needs to happen or he needs to be aware because I don't know what will happen tomorrow <laughs> or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. So, that makes sense too. I guess just an awareness of like what, yeah. what's going on or where your kid's at in terms of and, and emotional I, state. <laughs> and I think that just having the ability to have another sounding board is great, but I also don't feel that, um, if you're sharing something with me that I would need to always bring him into that mm -hmm. if it wasn't if it wasn't important enough to have to have him get involved. Yeah. If it's, if it's just an emotional connection between you and I then that's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. As parents we are so proud of <laughs> our children, all of them, mm -hmm. but to see both you, both of you doing what you're doing with life right now and the roads that you're paving and the, the goals that you have and the steps that you're taking just to even have the courage to do a podcast, run a yoga class out in the backyard <laughs> under the willow tree, yes. <laughs> be a new mom. I mean, mm -hmm. just... So, so, so exciting and so proud and you are so ahead of where you're at in life than where I was at at. Where a lot of people are at Yes, yes. I just, just know that don't ever stop dreaming. Don't ever stop taking those huge steps and putting yourself out there, being willing to fail if it's something that doesn't, you know, work out the way you want it to. Just keep building on, on each of those those dreams that you guys have it's it's a crazy fun ride to be a part of I love watching oh. you that's <laughs> so cool how much you believe in yourself yeah your um, ability to just go push yourself even to a higher level of so many things yeah. 
Yeah. And your talents and your abilities are just, they make a mom proud. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think Alyssa and I can both say this, but we didn't get those traits from nowhere. <laughs> yeah. We definitely got that from you. Yeah, just want to thank you both for being here. Thank yeah, you. thank yeah, you guys. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Oh my goodness, where to begin? To our moms, I just want to say thank you so much for loving us and supporting us all of these years. I think it's pretty amazing that you raised your kids to be brave and confident while also comforting us in those times when we were so scared and insecure. So thanks for getting vulnerable with us and having this conversation to share what you know and what you've learned to help Nikki and I grow and learn. For all of those listening, whether you are moms yourselves or soon-to-be moms, struggling to be moms, those who chose not to be moms, stepmoms, mother-in-laws, adopted moms, whatever your title is, it doesn't matter. We have so many men who listen to this podcast as well, and whoever you are, wherever you are, we just want to say that we love you, and we hope you found something beautiful and comforting in today's episode. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. We'll be back next week, Thursday, with a brand new episode. And if you like this one, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. If you aren't already, follow us on Instagram at the Lightly Salted Podcast because we're going to be sharing some really exciting things in the upcoming weeks. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. Bye.